All right, so before we begin, I would just like to state for the record that today is April 9th, 2021, and my name is Ben Bauman. I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm speaking via phone with Janet Hibner, who is in Richmond, Indiana. Is that correct? That is correct. And we are doing an interview for the Indiana Legislative Oral History Initiative. So just starting off, when and where were you born? I was born in Lafayette, Indiana, um, July 26, 1935. Okay. And what were your parents' names? Um, Harvey Nelson and Alto Lucas. Okay. And uh, how long had your family lived in Indiana? Forever. Forever? <laughs> we're... Yes, we're basically Hoosiers. Okay. Do you know where your family was before Indiana? Well, they, I mean, I've done some genealogy, but uh, the grandparents were in Indiana. Ah, okay. Sure. And around Remington. Okay, cool. And uh, what were your parents' occupations? Well, my mother was a school teacher, but she was a school teacher. <clears throat> And she went back to work. Uh, she only had, you know, courses that you could uh, teach on a six weeks introductory course, I think. I don't know. Anyway, she didn't have a full, you know, bachelor's degree. Okay. And But she taught school after we were big enough to go to school, too. And my dad uh, once worked for my grandpa who had a hardware store but that wasn't very successful because he didn't pay anything <laughs> oh okay and so he eventually went to work for the post office department he was a, a clerk in the local office oh okay interesting and do you have any siblings yes I have a, a brother Max Nelson who is, uh, was three years younger than I, but he died uh, at the age of 50. Okay, wow. Um, so how would you describe your childhood growing up? Well, my childhood was a typical, very small town. Remington is where I lived all of my early years, and Remington is a town of maybe a thousand if you blink two or three times. Okay. <laughs> wow. So everybody knew everyone else, and, um, you know, they knew my mother, and she, as I say, lots of people, lots of students, uh, had her as a teacher. Yeah. And it was pretty ordinary as far as a small town. You know, we could walk uptown and buy things, Um uh, we lived very close to downtown, which was one street, <laughs> one block. Wow. And so, uh, you know, it was it was a sleepy little Indiana town. And so we could go about any place, you know, and be safe. Yeah, okay. So did you like growing up in a small town? Well, yeah, of course, yes, because I didn't know anything else. Okay, okay, so you didn't, like, dream of going to, like, a city or something like that, or... 
Um, no, no, I don't think so. Okay. And uh, who would you say were the most influential people in your childhood? Oh, I suppose my parents and uh, one grandmother. Oh, okay. And uh, what made them so influential to you? I don't know. <laughs> okay, just because they're your parents, I guess, and... Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't, nothing particular, I guess I didn't, again, know any better. Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. And, uh, you know, I've been around all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we, it was a sleepy little town. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, did you have much understanding about your family's political beliefs as a young child? No, not really. Except that when my dad got his postal job, it was, uh, I think it was when uh, Roosevelt was in. So I believe that they were Democrats. Okay. I, I mean, they never, we never talked about anything like that. But my guess is that's what they were. Right. Okay. Sure. Now, what schools did you attend as a child and teenager? Well, <laughs> Remington Elementary School and Remington High School. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, there were, what, 18 or something in my graduating class. Wow. <laughs> That's now you, you get the idea. I yeah. mean, a sleepy little town before schools consolidated. Yeah, you weren't kidding. That's that's pretty tiny. Wow. <laughs> um, and how would you describe your educational experiences there? Oh, well, they were fine. I mean, I didn't know any better. Yeah. And uh, we didn't. I guess we didn't have, you know, advanced placement or anything sure. like that in, the, in that day. And, uh, but we had a basic curriculum to go to college. And we had Latin, and I took Latin. <laughs> but we had a crazy teacher, a Latin teacher, so that <laughs> was useless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm deviating a little bit, but the grade school I attended was the old-style two-story um, building, and uh, when you were in the upper grades, like fifth and sixth grade, you went upstairs, and the elementary schools were downstairs. Um, we would slide up and down the banister if we could get by with it. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Did you have any favorite subjects in school? Well, I was mostly, um, supposedly, science and math. Okay. Um, you know, a long way from politics. Right, right. <laughs> so, anyway, I was always an exceller. Yeah. And so, you know, That's... I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cool. Now... Where did you attend college? I went to IU Bloomington. Okay. And 
when you're growing up and becoming a teenager and then going into college, did you have any views about the state of Indiana or about being a Hoosier? I really didn't. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm about the farthest thing you would ever expect to be in politics, really. Okay. Wow, all right. Uh, but anyway, no, I had wanted to go to um, DePaul. Oh. But DePaul was an expensive school. And yes, I excelled, but my parents were, you know, basically not equipped to send me there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why. And I wanted to get away from home. <laughs> so I went to IU Bloomington. Yeah, okay. Sure. And now, what was your major at IU? Well, it ended up being microbiology. Wow, okay. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, it, at that time, it was called bacteriology. Okay. But, uh, so I have a degree, an AB, in uh, bacteriology, but today it would be known as microbiology. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really neat. And so I guess that just kind of stems from your interests in the sciences then? Yes. Okay. And what were your thoughts about uh, after graduation and what you would do with that degree? Well, I was going to work. By that time, let's see, I, I guess I was married uh, my senior year in college. Okay. In the semester. So I was, I was going to go to work. Um, my husband was in medical school, and so, you know, I was going to work to support us, I guess. Okay, sure. Uh, so at that time, uh, I I think I interviewed one place, and that was Eli Lilly and Company, and that was when I mean you you can't imagine this, but where you made an appointment, you went in, you talked to one individual, and he asked you a few questions, and you were either hired or not hired. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, I did that, and I was hired. And so, anyway, you know, no panel, no all that stuff that you do today. Yeah, right. So, anyway, it was a foregone conclusion that, you know, I'd work. Yeah. So that's what I did. I worked in uh, research. Wow. And what was your research on? Well, we, we were doing, have you ever heard of, um, uh, I won't be able to think of it. There's a, a famous example of people stealing cancer cells from women, uh, economically depressed women, and they didn't tell them. Wow. So we were working on HERA cells. And that's what the, the cells were called that they stole from a woman in some other facility. And we were testing these HeLa cells uh, to see if they had anti-antibiotic uh, capabilities. Okay. Interesting. Uh, to treat 
Wow. But but at the same time, we had an awful time keeping the the HeLa cells growing because we were trying to grow them in test tubes, and half the time we weren't very successful. Okay. <laughs> so this was the beginning of uh, antibiotic kinds of tests. And yeah. So it turns out that we were working on methotrexate. And methotrexate uh, is now used for arthritis, I think. Wow, okay. Sometimes. Don't quote me on any of that stuff. No, that, okay. that's okay. But yeah, I, I understand like, sort of the, yeah, the general idea behind that. That's, that's pretty wild. So you were really, uh, you, you definitely had a very interesting line of work after college. Well, I did. But, you know, it became a lot more interesting later in the years when I found out more about it. Sure, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's really cool. And when you were in college at IU, were you part of any clubs or organizations or anything? Or Oh, I... I think I was a member of the YWCA. Okay. And uh, I also belonged to a social sorority. Okay. And so did you enjoy your time at IU? Uh, Yes, I did. It was completely different, obviously, from my hometown experiences. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I did a lot of growing up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, What about your awareness of politics, did it change much when you went to IU? Did you start thinking more about it, or? No. I, I, I was very apolitical. Okay. And so you'll, you'll find out later that I was in the right time, uh, in the right place at the right time, and okay. it's really a fluke that I okay. became a state representative. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Fair enough. So... I guess your career goals after college and once you started working for Eli Lilly, were you just planning to stay there for a long time and continue to work there, or what, what was... No, I was going to stay there until my husband finished medical school, and then uh, we went someplace else for his internship, mm, and okay. so that ended my work career. Oh, Okay. Interesting. Because by then, we had a child. Sure. And so, I didn't work anymore. Yeah. Okay. And how many children did you have? Two. Two, okay. So, I guess let's jump into uh, how you got involved in politics. So, how did this all start? Well... I had, uh, we had good family friends, and uh, at one point in time, we were having a, you know, just a social gathering, and he said that, well, he was going, he was involved in county politics, county this is, and he was going to try and defeat the current county chairman. Okay. And I didn't know what I was talking about. You know, I had no idea anything about politics. Yeah. But I'm sitting there and I'm saying, oh, well, I'll help you. 
I, I you know, not really knowing what I was saying at all. <laughs> so anyway, eventually, uh, he became county chairman, and I became secretary for a while, and then I was the vice chairman. And I, I mean, you know, basically I didn't do much except that I was around. And then one time we had a very successful phone campaign for a state candidate. I think it might have been Luger, I'm not sure. There was a state representative who the county chairman learned that was not going to run again. And so he came to me, and as I say, he was my friend, so said, well, why don't you run? He's going to announce that he's not going to run, and uh, but it's going to be two days. And the filing time was almost up to go file to run. And he said, well, why don't you run? And so, you know, I didn't know what I was saying, so I said, well, all right. <laughs> so I had to go to Indianapolis and file to run for this office here. And... I did, but an opponent <laughs> got in also before the filing deadline. Mm. So even though he thought he was setting it up for me, it didn't work that way. Okay. So I was opposed in the primary uh, for the district seat here. Yeah. So uh, we had a good old race. And I was basically an unknown, except I was known around the community. I certainly wasn't known as, um, um, you know, a political being. Right. But I had good name recognition, and I won. Wow. <laughs> Fair and square. So then, you know, here I am running for this office. Little do I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and... Um, I won. <laughs> wow, okay. And so did you have like a a political outlook that you developed while you were running for this seat? Yeah, only the local issues. Okay. You know, yeah. mostly it was things like serve the constituency and listen to them and yeah. bring them information. And, you know, I didn't have a platform per se. Yeah, okay. So I didn't have any particular issues I was going to deal with. Right, right. I was going to be responsive. Sure. Did you have, like, any political people that you looked up to, like, national or state or local, or was it just... Not really. <laughs> okay. I say, I yeah. was the most unlikely person that I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Is what wow. I keep saying. Uh, you know, and it all worked. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, so did you even have to, did you run some type of campaign that, that you know, emphasized those local issues? Or? Yes, I did. Okay. I, you know, I had ads and I had... Uh, I mean, we don't have TV. Well, we have TV, but I mean, yeah. uh, don't have TV ads over here, per, 
radio and uh, newspaper, and at that time that was about all there was. Well, there was TV for the cities, but, uh, you know, no local TV. Yeah. And so um, I did all those things. I had coffees. I had uh, some fundraisers. And, um, you know, it was mostly just the platform would have been, as I say, listen to you and um, represent you well. Yeah. (laughs) That kind of thing, generalized. Do you remember the name of your main opponent? Basically the same thing. Okay. And what was your opponent's name? Uh, Ray Valesky. Ray Valesky, okay. So, how did you feel when you were uh, officially elected? Well, <laughs> I was grateful, but little did I know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember going to the State House the first day, and yes, I'd been there. Yeah. But only to take kids to Page or something like that. Okay. And, and I, you know, I'd never been there in a, to lobby people or whatever. Right. And so I go the first day and I wonder, what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my gosh. Did your uh, feelings about getting elected change each time you got elected again? Well... I mean, I felt a little more secure in my job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I certainly understood what I was supposed to be doing much better. Right. And so I also have the feeling about the job that you never know what's going on behind your back. Oh, okay. And, uh, I mean, even if you have your legislation... Uh, stacked perfectly and you know supposedly what you're doing you never know when somebody goes into the speaker's office and um, takes care of it another way okay. yeah <laughs> so, so you know even though it's supposed to be a very open process and of course still today they complain that they do too much behind closed doors yeah And that really is true to a certain extent, yes. Right. Yeah, I can can see that, I'm sure. Yeah, all sorts of stuff that goes on that doesn't have to be public record and that people are having conversations and making deals. So, yeah. Um, Did your campaign strategies change over your political career? Uh... Not really. Um, I, I, I can't remember for sure, but I, my guess is no, not really, because usually the legislation I, uh, well, I, if local people asked me to carry something, I obviously did. Yeah. Uh, and so I would, so it boils down to, again, my, my local district yep. 
and what they are interested in and what they want and try to accomplish the goals if they're at all possible. Sure. So, uh, you know, there were things that lobbyist-type people, uh, like one time uh, we have a, a city utility uh, uh, electric company. Okay. And the director of the electric company wanted me to carry a bill, wanted me to enter a bill to provide for hydroelectric power down on Brookville Lake, which isn't our county at all. Mm. And so that ended up being a, I mean, which I did introduce it. Okay. And I, I mean, I had a bill for that, and it was voted on. But I think that uh, the House Republicans, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, passed it in the House as a favor to me. Okay. Not because it was good legislation. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Because it wasn't. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So it never came to light, uh, you know, never saw the light of day. But uh, that's when I sort of got, one time we had a really, a local hearing in Franklin County, which is not our county at all. And everybody came and really uh, <laughs> let me know what they thought. Okay. <laughs> it was very contentious. <laughs> and, and so you're, you, so, so a constituent asked you to, to sponsor this then? Yes. Okay, and you just decided to do it just to be, do just to, as a favor, even though you didn't think it would work, I guess? Right. Yeah, okay. Because, well, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure, but I didn't, I didn't think it was very good policy, but yes, I did carry it. Yeah, okay. Now, when you were, I guess, first starting out in the Indiana General Assembly, how did you learn the process and the ins and outs of it? Well, they had limited training sessions. Uh, But mostly, I hit and miss. And we had, I mean, you know, I, I was first elected with some others, and they all felt the same way. I mean... You go by doing, and, and uh, I don't know, there were a couple of people who I could talk to, but you never really knew who your friends were. Okay, sure, wow. In the, in the system. So anyway, I had a couple that I could talk to, and, you know, we talked things over. Yeah. But uh, it was very informal. Sure. Did you have any political mentors? Not really. <laughs> okay. And how did you keep track of what your constituents wanted? Did you just meet with them often and make sure you're always reachable? or? Well, I made sure, uh, and they, they could reach me either at home or in the legislature. And uh, I would have meetings periodic uh, when we were in session, but here, yeah, 
they were more informal, but uh, I would get together with them on a Saturday morning. Okay. What was the first bill you sponsored? Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Always interested to ask because some people have a memory of it, others don't. So. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I do know that because I was a political being in the first place in the locals, I eventually uh, was chairman of elections and apportionment and. Hmm. I always got stuck with election bills, and oh. that's no fun, because that is truly the most political of the world. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, I'm sure that's complicated. What was the regular interactions like among members of the General Assembly, formal and informal? Um... I guess you would say formally they were very formal and you know if you were a novice you obviously understood the pecking order very well yeah and uh, women tended to cling together I mean you know for uh, dinner and such Social yeah. gatherings. Sure, okay. Uh, and there's, <laughs> I don't know, there are lots of lobbyists around all the time who were <laughs> wanting this and wanting that. Okay. Did you find the lobbyists useful or? Semi. Semi, okay. Sometimes maybe they were a nuisance or. <laughs> Yes, sometimes they were a real medicine. Okay, yeah. What were the interactions like between Democrats and Republicans? Well, just like any other organization, some uh, Democrats and Republicans were very cordial. Okay. A few were not. Yeah. I mean, you always had your kind of your hip pocket list of, well, don't mess with that one. Okay. Yeah, this person, yeah. You just yeah. knew you disagreed strongly with Right, them. yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You'd kind of start to figure out who you could work with and who you couldn't, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And that's true even if you're a Republican. Right. Well, yeah, that's right. You can have a wide variety of people in a party, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, makes sense. What were the big differences between the House and Senate um, in terms of like behavior or, or how things worked? Well, the joke was always, oh, the Senate is the house of the winds. Okay. They just talk about everything, and we are the ones who get things done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I'm sure they called us something worse. Yeah, a little rivalry, I guess, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. But, uh, and 
I did have some difficulty working with the senator from here early on, and then he was defeated, and uh, so, you know, that was much better. Yeah. Okay. What did you think about the uh, process of generating a bill? Did you feel like it was a, a good process and usually successful at creating effective legislation or get, getting rid of bad legislation? Or were there any flaws? Or I don't know how to answer that. Uh, obviously, you have, as a legislator, an idea. Yeah. And you take it to the legislative council, who puts your idea into words and writes the bill. Yeah. I mean, with your input, I mean, I, I mean, it, it can be a way out, whatever, but they will write it in legalese. Yeah. Uh, to be presented. Sure. Okay. And, and of course you're responsible for presenting it and taking on amendments and what have you. Yeah. So I think it was a, a reasonable process. I mean, there's no way any one individual could write their own bill. Right. Yeah, of course. You, you know, technically. Yeah. So I think it's as good a process as any. Now, some people say, well, they write you know, the legislative services writes in whatever they want. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I imagine you it's, can also read those bills before you you uh, yes. show them off. So if you want something changed, I guess you go back to legislative services. Well, yes. And, oh, yeah, they'll fix anything before, but once they're introduced, yeah. then, of course, it has to be changed by amendments. Right. But, uh, yeah. Anyway... I, I think it's a reasonable process. Yeah, okay. Did you feel like you had a decent sense of how people would vote before actually voting? I know you mentioned that sometimes things were going on behind the scenes that were hard to keep track of, but... In most cases, yes, you do. Okay. Now, on something controversial where... <laughs> You know, the speaker may have had a view or somebody else had a view. Uh, I've been around when they kept the voting machines open for quite a while <laughs> until yeah. various people were located or voted one way or another. Okay. But that's another, you know, uh, tactic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so... Would you say that party leadership was pretty influential in terms of determining, like, you know, what bills would would get through, or? Well, I think, yes. Uh, certainly the Speaker has great power. Yeah. And uh, the chairman of the committees has some power. Okay. Well, for the initial stages. Yeah. Did you disagree with party leadership much, or, or at all, or? I can't recall that, no, I probably didn't. Okay. Um, how often would you say you worked with the other party to get legislation done? Uh, 
not very often because most of the things that I weren't uh, party controversial. Most of the things I carried were um, not party controversial. Oh, okay. Okay, so I guess you're saying is that they weren't really things that you needed to to have to try to work with the other party for because for the most part everyone kind of agreed on them or yes. they weren't polit- very political, I guess. Right. <clears throat> now, what would you say the public does not know about the Indiana General Assembly and how it operates? Well, I guess the public doesn't know how right now, actually, the, um, how little influence the public has sometimes even though, you know, the process is call your legislator, ask them to vote this way, vote that way, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think... Well, and then legislators all have their individual polls prepared by their staff people. Yeah. What the issues are. And I know a lot of people who fill them out religiously. Okay. And... I don't ever fill them out because I think that some staffer tabulates them. Hmm. Yes, you see the overall result. Yeah. But it's almost like, so what? Okay. (laughs) So, that's, I don't know how you can put those into words. I I don't know. Yeah. So I guess it's, I mean, it kind of just sounds like people, I mean, I guess it just kind of sounds like people aren't really interested necessarily in lots of things that happen in the General Assembly, so members don't necessarily need to pay much attention to what people think unless it's like a, a specific local issue or something. Well, not exactly. Uh, I can't think of something now, but... Well, should we raise taxes or not raise taxes for, to fund? Yeah. Whatever. And um, that's already... <laughs> there are strong views on that. Yeah. But, you know, by the time it gets to the legislature, it's kind of cut and dried. Okay. It may be a party division in terms of whether you should or shouldn't. But it's not a constituent by district um, consideration, particularly. Yeah. Well, I guess those are also things that, you know, the general public would be so far removed from all the factors at play there that they, it'd be hard for them to, I guess, weigh in too much uh, besides sort of kind of uh, overgeneralizing the bills, especially when it comes to like taxes and stuff and what it does and um, they probably rely more on what their elected official says than, I suppose, 
have their own opinion about because they wouldn't know as much as their elected official, I suppose. Well, and but they do have strong views about it. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, uh, it's it's pretty hard to influence. Yeah. The overall trend. <laughs> so, what would you say, from your experience, was the most influential? factor in the minds of members of the General Assembly? Was it sort of like lobbyists or or just the general party leadership line or what what made people what what had the most influence on a person's decision making? Well I think lobbyists have their place. Okay. Because they have a lot more detailed information than an individual legislator can possibly uh, gather yeah. uh, in, at the period of time. So they have their place. But at the same time, I don't want them to, I did not want them to have too much power. Yeah. Uh, because you know, it's my job, or was my job, to uh, vote for the best interest of the constituency. Right. Now, party has a lot to do with it, on the big buttons, you know, money and what have you. Sure. And it's usually divided by Republican and Democrat. So, in those cases, I don't know, I'm, I'm not very... Uh, Well, I usually went along with whatever uh, the caucus was. Okay. In most cases. Yeah. How did your legislative service affect your family life? <laughs> well, I didn't think it affected it, but I was divorced during the period. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't affect it much then, yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember what the most controversial legislative issue was during your time in the General Assembly? I don't know. At one point in time when Otis Bowen was governor, um, it was over money. And, uh, skip that. I, I'm blank. Okay, that's fine. What piece of legislation uh, that you worked on took the most of your time? Well, probably this hydroelectric thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have a, a proudest moment as a legislator? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what about, uh, was there a, a big hurdle that you had to overcome at some point during your time in office? I don't know that you'd call it a big hurdle, but the division between male and female yeah. is pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing, especially because uh, when I was 
looking up some information and doing some research before this interview, it appeared that you were one of the first women in the General Assembly. Um, what was that like? Well, I really wasn't one of the first women. There were others, but I was in the minority for sure. Yeah. And um, there's never been a woman from this district. Yeah. So theoretically, I was the first woman from this part of the state. And, uh, I mean, it's sort of lonely sometimes. Yeah, I bet. And that's why I say uh, women legislators sort of clung together. Mm Mm-hmm. And would they have your own party? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And which were there uh, in your time? Were there women legislators from both parties? Uh, yes. Okay. And did you did you all feel like connected with each other, even if you're from a different party? Well, only connected that uh, it was certainly male dominated. Yeah. Okay. I think all felt that. Yeah. Do you think that's gotten better over time? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Now, in your opinion, what is the most important work of the Indiana General Assembly? Uh, Well, I guess it is to... um, update laws um, for the state and for the people. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, when I was doing research for this interview, I saw that there was kind of an interesting incident on one year that you were up for re-election, I think around like 1985 or something, where there was a dispute about who had won the election and something happened where it appeared that you were announced the winner of the election and then they changed it and said that you lost and then they changed it again and said that you won. Do you remember something like that? In 19, of course, I was only a two-termer. I mean, a two-year term. Yeah. Uh, So in 84, I've always said... I ought to be in the book of Guinness because for having more recounts than anyone in the <laughs> world. It's 84, I lost. I mean, I won. Yeah. But I had recounts. Okay. And, um, but I won that one. Yeah. In 86, um, I lost that one. But the problem was that... Uh, the House came over and recounted my, and the legislative services came over, I think, and they counted, and the local people recounted. I mean, everybody in the countryside <laughs> wow. recounted, and really, I lost that one. And it was very close both times. I can't remember how many votes, but okay. three or, or you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm also the queen of the hanging chads. Um, you've certainly heard about the Florida election. Yeah. The yep. Card 
I had punch card voting in my races, and so <laughs> hanging cads were an issue. Okay, jeez, yeah. So I mean, the, the, the recounts involved did, did the punch go through or didn't it go through? Yeah. So what's it like to have to go through all those so many recounts uh, throughout your career? I mean, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's probably a really stressful it's very process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> so. I guess, like, you know, since then, any any election that you hear about that has like some type of controversy with recounts, I'm, I'm sure that you probably. Think about your experiences a bit. Uh. Yes, yes, I do. And, uh, you know, I had local recount people, so I remember some of the friends that were on the very first one. <laughs> I remember sitting in this in my house here and, you know, talking to them about recounting when they do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's funny. Wow. Okay. So when did you leave the Indiana General Assembly? Well, in 1986, okay. the last one, which I lost. Yeah, okay. So you didn't want to make any comebacks or anything. You just retired at that point. Well, yes. No no way was I ever going to run again. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to see any more recounts, I guess. That would be... Oh, no. <laughs> did you ever, after uh, leaving the NDA General Assembly, did you ever think about going back into the the sciences at all and, and following what your degree was in originally or? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of limited lab work one time, but okay. that was a short term. Sure. So how would you summarize your time as a legislator overall? Governor Otis Bowen once said it was worth a whole college degree, uh, and or anyway, it certainly was worth ten years of study. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah, I I bet. Yeah. About well, about uh, politics, the people. Um, the legislative uh, process, and so I'm much wiser, I think, yeah. than I was originally. Do you have a favorite story or anecdote from your time as a legislator? No, I don't. Okay. What lessons, if any, did you learn? Watch your back. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> did you have any regrets as a legislator? Uh, I can't think of any. I mean, I may have regretted that I had part of the time that I ever ran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. What advice would you give to future legislators or even current legislators? 
can accomplish it all. And so, uh, I mean, I guess be as diligent as you can be and uh, work with the others the best you can. Yeah, that's good advice. So last few questions here. Uh, how has the state of Indiana changed over the course of your lifetime? How has what changed? Uh, the state of Indiana. Oh, the state of Indiana. I, I don't know whether I can answer that. It's still a Midwestern... Uh, <laughs> I guess Indiana is still considered, I don't believe it's like a country bumpkin place, but <laughs> okay. a lot of people believe that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, a, certainly it's an average Midwestern state. Uh, I think we've progressed in some ways, as have other states, but... Sure. Um, how about the Indiana General Assembly? How has that changed? Well, it still has to finish its sessions uh, in the specified time. Of course, they can always stop the clock, which has been done before. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think it's probably pretty much the same. <laughs> okay. What about politics in the state? Do you think politics has changed much? I think, for the most part, it's become more impersonal. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, why? Well, just because we have so much more technology, and what I mean is, you know, it's just easier to use the technology than to go visit or to um, participate in a way. Yeah, sure. Do you think there is more tension in politics today than there was when you were serving? It's probably about the same. Oh, okay. So you didn't get the you don't get the impression that things are like more politically divided today than they were when you were serving at all. No, I don't. Okay. What if any enduring qualities do Hoosiers still have or hold dear? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess you kind of said that things haven't changed too much in Indiana in terms of that. So I guess Hoosiers are kind of the same to a certain extent. Um, what do you want Hoosiers to know about their role in relation to the function of the Indiana General Assembly? Well, I would like to think that they still, still can contact their legislator and be heard, uh, and that the, the grassroots can understand what's going on. Now, that doesn't mean that 
it's all going to come as they would wish. Yeah. But that it is a melting pot, and it does still function in a good way, in spite of the fact that, you know, it may be messy. You've heard the old one. Mm-hmm. Like watching sausage being made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. But generally speaking, they still have a, a role to play, and I guess they can influence things a bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything uh, that I didn't ask about that you want to talk about at all? or? Uh, only that, I guess, uh, committee chairmanship. Yeah. Uh, in the, I don't know, early on, I was chairman of the Roads and Transportation Committee because I, uh, I had been involved in, and I knew that the governor and the speaker of the house. And so I think, and I forget whether it was the probably second session, I don't remember for sure, but early on I was appointed to Roads and Transportation Chairman because I had kind of an in, and I think they appointed me that um, as a courtesy to be a chairmanship. Yeah, okay. And then after that, I always got stuck with election <laughs> uh, legislation, so that was that was a bear. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I, I imagine that that would have been tough to deal with. Now, were you serving um, on sort of the? Uh, election committee while going and dealing with some of these uh, recounts and stuff? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> just thought I have it, to look that up. Yeah, just thought it would be interesting because like, it would seem like you can't get away from election stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way anyway. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just constantly lurking, yeah. Uh, wow. Well, um, anything else comes to mind, or is that pretty much it? Well, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, thank you uh, so much for, for taking part in doing this. Um, I think it'll be a, a cool thing to have in our collection to have your interview and, and all the experiences that you had. So, thanks again. Thank you very much. <laughs> No problem. All right. Talk to you later. Uh, Bye. Bye Bye-bye.